0: We're here this morning to worship. Uh, we're worshiping here with an empty sanctuary because these are different times, and we are not operating out of fear, but we are operating uh, in a way to protect uh, those of us who are more vulnerable. But it's important to worship, and it's important to still gather together, even if it's just in our homes and just for a and uh, uh, with friends or or family. So we're going to still have the same uh, sermon and text. It will be on our website and on our Facebook page. But let's begin with a a moment of prayer. Lord, thank you. Thank you that we have the technology, that we have the ability to still worship uh, together, uh, even if we're not all in the same place. And Lord, as we read the scripture, as we reflect on it, We pray that it may be part of how you shape us and form us to be more and more in your image, to be who you're calling us to be. And I pray that the words which will be spoken now, may they truly be your words and not mine. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. The scripture this morning comes from Leviticus 23. We're looking at the Feast of First Fruits. So it's found in Leviticus 23, starting at verse 9 and going to verse 14. So the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land I am going to give you, and you reap its harvest, bring to the priest the sheaf of the first grain you harvest, He's to wave the sheaf before the Lord so that it'll be accepted on your behalf. The priest is to wave it on the day after the Sabbath. On the day you wave the sheaf, you must sacrifice as a burnt offering to the Lord a lamb a year old without defect, together with its grain offering of two-tenths of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with olive oil, a food offering presented to the Lord, a pleasing aroma, and its drink offering of a quarter of a hin of wine. You must not eat any bread or roasted or new grain until the very day you bring this offering to your God. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come, wherever you live. The word of the Lord. We're in unusual times, and it's often in times like this that fear is able to, to, to find its way into our hearts and into our souls, to to really shape and change how we see the world and and how we interact in the world and the community around us. You're likely seeing this message on Facebook or hearing it off of your computer or maybe perhaps on your phone rather than gathering with friends and family here in the sanctuary here in Bethel Church. And it's because of the COVID-19 health scare. And yet it's important to realize that we do these things not out of fear, but we do it as a way of being wise. We do it because we care. We care about each other. And yet it's in times like this that Jesus especially calls us to trust in him and to not live in worry or in fear. With this passage, Israel sitting at the foot of Mount Sinai, hearing God shape their lives as his people so that they'll be a blessing to the nations. These feet these feasts are how God reminds them of who He is and who they are as well. The Feast of First Fruits is a harvest festival. It's one that calls God's people to trust. To trust in Him. They've seen God's power in Egypt. They're sitting at Mount Sinai. They, they see that the cloud covering. They've heard the thunder and lightning. They've, they've seen God uh, talking to Moses. And, and they felt their deliverance from their identity as slaves. They've, they've seen God protect them from Pharaoh's army. And, and now God is saying, here, this is what it looks like to be one of my people. And it starts with trust. Trusting in, in me to provide for you. And to remember to be thankful for what I give you as well. God's saying, I'm bringing you into a really fertile land. I want you to acknowledge this. And every spring, when the first harvest is available, bring some of that harvest to the temple. And the priest will acknowledge your offering before me. Do this on the Sunday during the week of unleavened bread. The priests take the offerings from the people and sprinkle incense on it, wave it before the Lord to show it comes from the Lord and is now being given back as a show of trust and gratitude. Part of it's thrown onto the fire on the altar where the incense is mixed in, and it flows up to God. It's got that image from passages in the New Testament where where its pleasing aroma of prayers going up to God. The rest of it's used to feed the priests and their families. And Paul reminds the people in his letter to the church in Rome, you know, if just part of the dough is offered as first fruits, and it's then made holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. By bringing the first part of the harvest and giving it to the Lord, the rest of the harvest is made sacred. God then gives the rest of the harvest back to the people for their families. This takes trust and faith. It's easy to be thankful to God for what he's already given you. It takes faith to give the first part of what he's given and then give it back to him. Because the farmers didn't know what was going to happen. Didn't know if there was going to be perhaps a, a plague of, of locusts or, or, or crop failure. If there was going to be disease or anything else happen. So, so when they give the first part to the Lord, they're saying we trust you. That you're going to provide f- through the rest of the harvest for us and our families. This is about expressing our, our faith to God and his power and his love and his generosity, praising him before getting anything back in return. It's telling God, we trust you. We trust that you'll provide for us and that you'll send the rain and sun as needed so that our crops can grow and be harvested and our people and our families will be able to eat. There's no promise that there won't be hailstones, bug infestations, or crop failure. It's all about saying, God, as you're generous to us, we'll start off by being generous to you, trusting that as our provider, you will provide for us. And really, that's what happens with Jesus as well. Jesus comes to save us because we're sinners. He doesn't wait for us to get better and to to become good on our own. He comes. Because we're sinners and can't save ourselves. He's slaughtered as the sacrificial lamb on Passover, buried on the feast of unleavened bread, and then he's raised up on the feast of first fruits. Because of Adam's sin, we all face death, but through Jesus we're made alive. And and Jesus is the sign of this, the first fruit, a promise that we too will be raised up from death when we die. That will be washed clean from our sin. That will be made pure and right with God through Jesus' sacrifice. First fruits is about giving back to God in advance of what he's going to give us. A gift of trust and faith from the gifts he's already given to us. And to help us see God's gift to us, one rabbi asked, You know, who colored the flowers? Who's painted the sunrises and the sunsets? He's talking about these gifts of God of beauty that we see every day. I enjoy watching the sun rise every morning as, as I walk Bella through our neighborhood. Well, except for this morning, which is a little cold. But it's a beautiful reminder of our Creator and our Father, who's also an artist And who shares his art, who shares his beauty with us every morning. Who made the forest, the mountains and plains in such a way that we're able to live off the land through hunting and fishing and harvesting. And then they're also given to us for pleasure as we can hike and camp and snowmobile and and, and just enjoy the beauty of what God has given us. These are all gifts given to us before we offer anything back to God. These are the the gifts of family and friendships and love and more that shape our lives and, and give meaning and depth to our lives. God is so generous to us. And he makes it so that when Israel enters the promised land, they enter at harvest time. They enter at a time where, where they don't have to plant and they don't have to wait for 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 their food and, and, and for the harvest. Instead, when they enter in, it's all waiting for them. It's a sign that he's going to provide generously for them and the rest of the time ahead as well. It's a call to trust in God to provide. Do you really believe that you can trust God to provide for you, to give you what you need? Do you trust Him enough to bring your offerings with thankfulness and gratitude without worrying what lies ahead if you, if you do give Him from your first fruits? And that's where faith kicks in. Or perhaps it doesn't. You know, Jesus talks about this in Matthew 6. He says, you know, whatever I tell you, don't, don't worry. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink about your body, what you're going to wear. Life's more than food. The body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? And then he calls us to seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We can look ahead. And, and, and we can worry about what's going to happen with COVID. With, with these uh, oil fights that are going on. Between the nations that are affecting our, our economy here. We can worry about getting sick. Or, or, or not staying healthy. And, and yet God says... Jesus says, You know, don't worry. I'm with you. You're not alone. Trust me. And that's what these festivals are all about. They call for action from the people. There are physical and spiritual responses called for by God. You have to work to harvest the first fruits and then physically bring them to, to the Lord. The offerings then physically presented to the Lord and in a wave offering before the altar. This calls for trust in God to provide, and that can be scary at times. But there's also freedom, freedom in trusting God. You know, we see Jesus actively moving towards the cross, choosing to go to to Jerusalem, even though he knows what lies ahead. He doesn't fight against his sentence. He physically suffers and dies and, and is physically risen from the grave. See, our faith is an active faith. It's a a faith that, that trusts and allows us to move forward, to move forward in confidence, knowing that no matter what lies ahead, that God is going to be there with us. That's what I love about our youth and our young adults, is so often their faith is an active faith. They see that They can make a difference in this world. They can make a difference with what's going on. They're willing to sacrifice in order to make things happen. Trusting that this is what God wants and expects from us. Faith in action. James talks about that as well. You know that our faith without deeds is dead. Jesus calls us to a life. A life of renewal and hope. To live life with a spirit of gratitude, trust, and generosity. And yeah, it can be tough in times like this to trust. It It can be hard to trust when there's more months than money. Or if you can't see a reason for hope. And that's why the feasts point us to Jesus. They point us away from ourselves and from our fear and from our worry. They point us to someone that we can trust no matter what's going on, to one who has saved us, one who does protect us, one who does provide for us. Paul points to Jesus as the first fruit of those who've died. In Jesus' resurrection, all those who believe in him will be resurrected with him. First Corinthians 15, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, and then when he comes, those who belong to him. John echoes that in, in Revelation 1. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. And if Jesus is the first fruit, well, that means that there's going to be a second and a third and more fruit Jesus celebrates the, the first fruits by giving his father a first fruit offering. In Matthew 27, Matthew tells us that at the death of Jesus, the graves in the, in the, graves, the gravesite, they, they opened up and, and people were raised from the dead. And they walked in town so that others could see as well. These people raised from the dead were, were Jesus' first fruit offering to his father, pointing ahead to Everyone who's going to be raised from the dead to all of us who trust in him alone for our salvation, if we believe in him, if we trust in him, if we put our faith in him, we too will be raised from the dead to join to join Jesus. First fruits you know it's about trust, about grateful faith motivated giving. The harvest for most of us is not about barley or about grain but but about people coming to know Jesus. And this week, I invite you to reach out to, to one person that you've been praying for to, to come to know Jesus and accept Jesus. Reach out through a phone call, an email, a text, as there's going to be so many lonely people who, out there who, who are going to be afraid to go out and, and who need to hear to hear the voice, the sound of somebody who cares about them. And even, even if they, all your friends know Jesus, still reach out this week. That's one of the most important things, that that's, we can be like Jesus. We can be the voice of God saying, you are loved, you are cared, you are remembered. We know you, we see you, and we love you. And trust that in reaching out, the Holy Spirit is working At a time such as this, reaching out in love may be the best way for all of us to stay healthy emotionally and spiritually. Trust that the Lord will work in you and through you and that he will provide for you and he will keep you safe in these unsettled times. Let's pray. Father, so often we react in fear. We we worry, we, we're not certain of what lies ahead, and so we allow Satan to just kind of nibble away at our faith and at our trust in you. So Lord, I, I pray that these words, these, this festival of first fruits remind us that you can be trusted, that you will provide, that you do protect So Lord, we ask for your blessing in this coming week. And Lord, we also ask you to use us to be a blessing. To reach out to those who are home alone, to those who are afraid. And to offer them your peace and your comfort. And to call them to trust in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.